Dirty Dirties. Welcome to another episode. And let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Anchor app. Oh, yes. The Shaw Boyles podcast would not be anything without the Anchor app. Let me tell you all about it. Their very easy creation and editing tools make it so you, yes, you can easily, easily do a podcast. Um, it's so simple and it's free and you can download it onto your phone or your computer, your PC or your desktop, your anything you got going on computer wise or your phone, tablet, whatever. So simple. It's so simple. You can do podcasts so simple. Um, and if you and if you have a kind audience, you can make money doing a podcast because you know because the Anchor app puts it up on everything. They put it up on the Googles and the Apples and the, and all the stuff. Anywhere that you find a podcast, you will find yours through the Anchor app. And uh, there's zero minimum audience membership, listenership, whatever ship. Uh, makes it so that you can um, possibly make money if you have a kind audience that wants to donate. So don't fuck around, yo. Go to anchor.fm and you can get started and doing a podcast just like the SBP. I got dates. I got dates. Uh, uh, Shit, tomorrow night. um, Last minute ad... Uh, kind of a reschedule in a way. So my uh, January 20th show that was supposed to be at uh, Murphy's Law is... uh, That show is still happening. However, I have been swapped out and got added to tomorrow night's show. Well, I'm recording this on Wednesday. So you will hear this tomorrow when it comes out in the morning. Maybe I'll put it out in the morning. Maybe I'll put it out tonight. Fuck it. It's Wednesday. Uh, so Thursday, December 30th, I'll be doing Murphy's Law in Sunnyvale, doing some comedy. Uh, in the new year, the Boyles Bistro Blowout, January 6th, downtown Hayward. Um, January 14th, Three Disciples in Santa Rosa up there in the North Bay. I'm very uh, excited about getting to that spot. This was, uh, I got the Rona. I was booked there a few, uh, couple months ago, and I got the Rona, and I couldn't do it, so I'm back. Um, January 14th, uh, January 15th, just added, I will be in Sacramento. Yeah, buddy, Sacramento at the Barbecue and Burger Smokehouse, because that's the kind of shit your boy does. He does fucking burger joints, yo. Uh, but stoked to get up to Sacramento. That's uh, January 15th. Um, February 12th. Hazards is playing the caravan. And then... I don't know exactly which one of these dates, but... June 23rd to the 26th. In Frederick, Maryland. Home of the Maryland Doomfest. Zed will be performing, and if you listen to this podcast uh, today, uh, late Wednesday night or Thursday or even Friday, 
me announcing that Zed is playing the Maryland Doom Fest is the first place you're going to hear it because they are not releasing this until New Year's Eve. So if you hear this right now, I'm the first to say it, and I could get in a whole lot of trouble by saying it, uh, but I don't know exactly what day um, we are playing. The 23rd through the 26th. That's a Thursday through a Saturday. Zed will be on one of those days playing the Baltimore, Maryland, uh, the Maryland Doom Fest in Frederick, Maryland, just uh, southeast of Baltimore, I believe, or east of Baltimore, I forget. You got to fly into Baltimore and then we drive to Frederick, all right? So that's what we're going to do. Uh, it might even be the first show Zed does for the year. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and as always, if you have been paying attention to what I do here on the podcast, uh, music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast is not owned, trademarked, or copywritten by the Sean Boyles podcast. All right? Don't come at me with your bullshit. Sean Boyle's podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life. Dirty dirties. It is cold as fuck. Oh, the Bay Area has been cold. It this is the first time. I told my wife this um the other day. This is the first time. In about 10 years where I am legitimately feeling like the Bay Area's got themselves some winter going on. It's been cold. It's been raining for pretty, pretty, I mean, not like downpouring rain constantly for, for the whole time. But for the last shit two to three weeks, we've been getting rain. Maybe not every single day, but it's been a lot of rain. And I don't remember this happening in a long, long time. Uh, we got some spring rain for the whole month of March about five years ago, I think. And uh, or was it the whole month of April? I forget. I forget. Um, and then uh, but we haven't gotten any like in the middle of winter rain like we've been getting the past uh, like I said three weeks you know I thought we were um I thought we were kind of not going to be seeing much rain because it was you know well into December before um and it was still sunny days you know what I mean uh I mean I can't it rained on Christmas day and I don't think it's rained on Christmas day here in the Bay Area in a long long time so anyway it's feeling like winter I'm cold I'm sitting with a space heater fucking between my legs right now because it's cold out here in the workshop on the property where the underbelly lies. So uh, how you doing, dirties? You good? You got through Christmas? All right. Did you get through it? 
did you get through it? Did you get the thing that you wanted? Did Santa bring you that little treasure? That little morsel of good, good, goodness to make you happy, to make you feel love because you're a materialistic fucking cuck? Um, <laughs> um, I got some new underwear. Fucking, I couldn't be happier. New socks and drawers are... The best thing you can give me for the holidays. I don't give a shit. I'm fucking almost 50 years old, and there is nothing better than socks and underwear. It's just there's nothing better. Um, it's terrible when I was a kid. Terrible. You got me socks and underwear before the age of 15. I thought you were an asshole. Like, what are you? What? What? What are you doing? I need. It's supposed to be a toy. You should be getting me a toy, not clothes. Clothes of any kind. Before a certain age is terrible Christmas and birthday gifts. Terrible. Probably the worst gifts you can give. Besides, you know, I don't know, venereal disease or or give, (laughs) you know. If you're going to give something to a child for a gift, either Christmas or your birthday, it shouldn't be scarred and emotionally uh emotionally scarred uh uh PTSD you know you should you should not be giving your child any child should not be given trauma as a gift for birthday or or christmas i'm just saying don't no diddling the kids all right no diddling the kids leave the kids alone you're not giving them a treat for their birthdays or christmas with your diddling, I went fucking. I went off. I went about. I went about. I went down a bad road there, didn't I? <laughs> Speaking of diddling, um, the new Louis, the new Louis C.K. comedy special. <laughs> ah, um, uh, the dude. It's fucking good, man. It's really good. It's funny throughout, and he does a probably ten minute, fifteen minute bit. On pedophilia, kind of going down the same road. Like when he hosted SNL, he did some pedophile jokes that I like. How he got away with that shit on a network television uh, entity, I don't know, but it was genius. And then right after that, he got in trouble for uh, asking people if he could jerk off in front of them and the whole. You know, right at the height of the Me Too movement, and the poor guy gets the, sh- you know, just gets hammered, and he decides to just lay low for about a year and a half, and then he starts touring again, and he's put out two specials since all that shit went down, and both specials are fucking great. This one's called uh, Sorry, and he has a big fucking, <laughs> big giant letters that say Sorry behind him as he's performing, and, um, and it's great, dude. Like I said, he does like a fucking ten minute bit on pedophilia, and it's amazing. Um, just so funny. The dude's a master. He is a fucking master. And I think that he uh, he was at the top of the heap there for a minute. I believe he will reclaim that. Um, he'll reclaim that soon enough. I mean. He's steadily doing his own thing. Dude, this thing's recorded at Madison Square Garden. So fuck you. You know what I mean? 
Like, cancel him all you want. He is not obviously canceled because he's crushing it out there, selling out everywhere, still working, still doing top-notch comedy. And uh, I think it's goddamn silly that that whole thing went down. You can't cancel somebody if they've asked people if they can do a goofy thing sexually and you say yes and then later on down the line you decide that oh hey well maybe that was inappropriate you said yes we can't i think i think a lot of this bullshit is people changing their fucking minds after the fact to um to wave their victim flag you know what i mean to get that attention uh, I'm not saying everybody's doing that. I'm sh- there are definitely people that are taking advantage of sexually uh, people in position of power, preying upon people that are not in power. It happens all the time. And for those people, consequences should be brought upon them. In the case of Louis C.K., I, it does not seem like that was the case. Seems like he asked. And people said yes. And all he did was jerk off in front of them. He didn't touch anybody. Didn't ask them to didn't ask if he could see a boob or a or or a lip or, or, or anything. He just wants them to stand there and, and he wants to beat his meat. Guy's got a fucking weird kink. So he got shamed for that. And uh, had to lay low for a couple of fucking years. But he's back and he's killing it. And all he went down that road is because of the fucking... Um, pet, pet, fucking perverts. I don't know. How did I get there? I don't know. But uh been seeing a lot of people crowing about Spider-Mans and Matrixes and, and, and this and that. And I could give a fuck. I didn't see the original. I don't even. I I couldn't tell you anything about those Matrix movies. I don't know shit about the Matrix. I don't know what it is. I just Keanu Reeves is in it. That's all I know. I think Lawrence Fishburne's in one of them, or maybe both of them. I don't know how many of them. I don't even know how many there are. Was there two? And now there's a new one. Or was there three? And now there's a fourth one. I don't know, and I don't give a shit. Does not even not even a blip on my radar. Doesn't even, nothing about it even interests me. And Spider-Mans, you can make all the fucking Spider-Man movies you want. I'm not going to go see them. I hadn't seen them yet. I don't know anything about it. I don't know if these are continuous Spider-Mans or they're all different Spider-Mans. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Comic books can eat my ass. I don't give a shit about comic books. This comic book fucking... Worship is out of control. All these goddamn movies and in, in the Marvel universe and the multiverse or whatever the fuck they call it, it just it's bananas to me. And I don't give a shit. I haven't seen any of these movies. I didn't like comic books back in the day. I had one friend. I had one friend that I knew that was into comic books. He was a little bit older than me, and he collected comic books, and he would show me them, and I would be like, what, I gotta read? What? What is this? I, I get, cool, I guess. He's the only cat I knew that was into that shit, and I knew hella people. 
and now all of a sudden everybody's goo goo gaga for comic book movies? You're all fucking posers. You're all posers. Because you didn't, you know, every, people are coming out of the woodwork talking about their comic books that they have. Like, you didn't collect that shit back in the day. And if you did, you kept that shit on the under. And the, the reason why you kept it on the under, because you didn't want to get the shit kicked out of you because you were a fucking nerd. That's, I mean, there must have been way the fuck more nerds than I ever knew that was out there with the, the with their comic book collections hiding underneath their bed or tucked away back in their closets. They didn't tell anybody about them. With the rate of popularity that these fucktard movies get, they, you guys must have been keeping that shit on the low. Because I knew, like I said, I knew one cat that was into comic books. One. And guess what happened to that guy? He He became a cop. And he shot somebody, and now he's being arrested and 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 have and got tried and got convicted for killing somebody as a cop. So see what that comic book fandom gets you, get you making bad decisions, shooting people when you're not supposed to in a Walmart in San Leandro. Anyway, um, <laughs> fuck, um, so I went to um, Christmas Eve. I went to my mom's. And I'm only bringing this up because of right out of the gate, when I get there, something of significant happened. Now, the wife had been out of town. She's been out of town. Um, She was coming back on Christmas Eve. I was picking her up from SFO at like 11 o'clock at night. And um, so I was going, so my mom wanted Christmas Eve dinner, leaving Christmas Day open to go see other family or do other shits or whatever. Um, so I go to my mom's, she says to be there at two. I get there at about two ten, and I'm on the porch. I'm ringing the bell and the, the bell that's on the house. The original bell doesn't work that well. And I know this and I noticed that there's a new little battery operated scenario, not a ring, but something close to that. An other version of that. I start hitting that. I'm knocking on the door. I'm even tapping on the window with my wedding ring because it makes a loud sort of annoying knock. These motherfuckers aren't hearing me. I hear music. I hear hooting and hollering. I hear a bunch of loud motherfuckers in there making all kinds of noise, and they're not hearing me at the goddamn door. 15 minutes I'm on the porch trying to get somebody to answer the door. I finally call my mom from the porch and say, hey, how about letting me in? The door's locked. If you invite people over and it's near the time, either right before or a little bit after you've invited people over, what is isn't the common sense to have would be to listen for the door, especially if you know that you locked it. If you've locked your door and you're expecting people over, that means you need to you want to answer that door and let the people in. You don't want people just walking in. So 
Why are you playing music so loud and 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 carrying on conversations so loud as to not hear the door? I was pissed. I was angry at the idea that somebody would invite people over and not give two shits about them being at the door and not having the courtesy to maybe listen for the door expecting more people to show up i almost i almost left i got inside and i was like what the hell you guys are in here hella loud and not listening for the door do you not want me to be here cuz i was the last one to show up you know it was only me and my my sister and 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 her family her husband and 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 his kids and and me and i wasn't there yet so they should be expecting me, right? So why are you so fucking loud in here? I go, did you not want me to be here? And, you know, and I I know I, I upset my mom by complaining about being out on the porch. And I got loud and I saw my mom got upset and she actually went in the back room for a couple of minutes and came back out. And I sort of felt like, oh, shit. I might just be ruining this whole day by being here. Maybe I should just take off. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go because obviously me being here is upsetting people because I was loud and obtuse and, and angry about being left out on the porch. It was cold, too. It was cold out there. I didn't have my jacket. I possibly could have overreacted. And then I got told that I've turned into a grump. So that was my Christmas. Fucking great. And you know what? And to be honest, going into this fucking, going into this holiday, just wasn't feeling very Christmassy. I just wasn't feeling the spirit of the holiday. I know I rattled off some horse shit last week about, you know, being close to family and, and, and all that shit and, and, and how that whole, that whole thing is good, good vibes and good tidings and, you know, whatever the fuck. But to be honest, wasn't feeling it. Was not feeling it going into this year. And I figured out what it was. And I didn't fucking realize it until on Christmas Eve night, Friday night, when I went to pick up my wife to, from her, her trip, her cross-country trip that she took uh, with these folks. And I bring her home. And I had went and we got our dumb little fucking Charlie Brown tree that we got in a box and I pulled that out and set that thing up real quick because I wanted to at least make it look sort of Christmassy inside the apartment for the wife when she got home. And when she got home, she was happy and 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 was excited to see the little tree and seeing that joy on her face about Christmas snapped me into the the, the good tidings and good feelings of Christmas. I wasn't feeling the Christmas holiday because she wasn't here. And so her being here, and even before we got home, we passed by a Christmas tree lot. And she said, and she said, oh, a Christmas patch. <laughs> she called it a Christmas patch. I thought that was the cutest thing ever. You know, like a pumpkin patch for the pumpkins for Halloween. But this was Christmas well, she called it a Christmas patch instead of like a tree patch. She called it a Christmas patch. And I thought that was adorable. 
fuck you guys. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, and then I decided, well, shit, she didn't get a chance to see my mom. Um, so we went back over there on Christmas Day and had uh, some more of the foods that we had uh, the night before. So uh, my, my wife got to do a little bit of Christmas. I mean, this chick, her... Her heart is big, and she felt that we couldn't go over there without getting them something. So, and fuck, it's Christmas Day. Nothing is open on Christmas Day. But uh, Walgreens and fucking CVS were open, and they got all kinds of kind of cheapy, goofy shits that you can get. So, um, uh, we went to this. We went to a Walgreens first, and she found something that would work for my mom. She pulled out this one thing, and it said like hair care products. She's like, oh, this will be good for both of them. I go, no, it won't be good for either one of them. She's like, why not? I go, well, it's hair care products. My mom wears wigs, and my stepdad is bald as fuck. This is not going to <laughs> Hair care products is not a good idea. And, and she laughed, and uh, she realized that that was a silly gift and then found something else that was uh, better for my mom but then needed to find something for the stepdad and she, uh, my stepdad's into these little models and needs, you know, magnification to see the stuff. And she found these little fucking glasses that magnify. Plus, they got little LED lights on them. And uh, he was super stoked on that. But and then and she even got something for my mom's dog, you know, got her some little treats for the for the, you know, she picked out all this stuff. You know, I I paid for it, of course, but. You know, it was her idea. You know, I ain't gonna fuck. I wasn't gonna buy nothing. You know, <laughs> she's got a better heart than I do. So uh, that was cool. So they were happy with their little gifts, and um, my stepdad was super stoked on those glasses. Um, and that's just I, Christmas being on Saturday this year. That's pretty much the perfect day for Christmas to be on. Like, it should be on Saturday every fucking year. All right? Can we just stop it with this 25th bullshit and just do, like, the fourth Saturday in December and have it be Christmas? Fourth Saturday. Even in, yeah, yeah, fourth Saturday. But you got to, fourth Saturday as long as New Year's Day is at least the Wednesday or later the next week. I know that's a fucking mouthful, but fuck it. That's where it needs to be so that you got a Christmas Eve on Friday, right? So you work, you can work a whole week. You can maybe take Friday half day. You can still have a Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve. You can have a full-blown, all-day-long Christmas whatever's on Christmas Day. And then you got Sunday to either relax or take down all the Christmas shit. So either way, you got a day before you got to go to go back to work on Monday. You know, I think it's a perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. You know, and I know a lot of people like to leave their Christmas shit up before uh, um, the Christmas stuff up until after New Year's Day, and maybe they bring it down New Year's Day because you got the day off or whatever, but. The sooner the Christmas shit comes down, the better. Just take it down. Just get it. I, I, uh, 
on Monday, I cleaned out, uh, I got hired to clean out some gutters. And the people I was cleaning out, they had their tree out on the tree on the street already. I was like, yes, yes, you are doing it correct. Good on you. Good on you, folks. You fucking had that tree out on the 27th, out on the sidewalk. Get rid of that shit. Let's not fuck around with this Christmas bullshit. <laughs> I thought that was great. It was fucking great. So yeah, Christmas, a uh, fourth Saturday of the of December every year from now on. Put it down, mark it down, make it so. Make that shit happen. I had mentioned last week that um I might put together a end of the year music list and I kind of felt like maybe I didn't really, I felt like I hadn't even really paid attention or even got wind of too many new releases for the year. Um, definitely not enough that I thought maybe I could put together a list, but um, after sort of going through some shit, I realized, well, fuck, I guess there was enough for me to put together a list. Now, I don't think it's a very deep list, Um in fact, some of the things that are on this list, they're just on the list because it's a new thing that came out and I happen to listen to it. Um, and maybe the position of it, of where it is on the list, um, kind of it's just by default on there just because it was new and maybe it wasn't anything that really tripped my trigger too much. Uh, but we'll get to that. Anyway, I was able to uh, comprise a list of uh, of goodies of things that uh, came out this year that um, that I was digging. So, uh, what do you say, huh? Let me uh, let me show you. First on the list is um, I got eight. I got eight eight little things here for you, and I'm gonna play uh, as long as I can pull it up uh, sort of quickly. I'm gonna play you guys. Um, uh, the selections. Obviously, I'm doing this as we speak because of my blah, 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 blah and long pauses of um, telling you what's going on. <laughs> I'm trying to type into the fucking iPad and um, and play and, 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 and talk at the same time, which I'm terrible at, obviously. But, you know, we're going to do it anyway. So uh, first on the list, uh, in the number eight position, and um, because of just, I don't know, I it, 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 it it's cool. I, I, I kind of dug it, but it wasn't something that I would be like, oh, well, this is the fucking business right here. Um, although it for these guys, it is a really good record. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm shitting on it too more than I need to. Um, the number eight, uh, Mastodon, uh, new Mastodon record, uh, Hushed and Grim. Uh, if you know Mastodon, you know exactly what to expect. Uh, some pretty high end sort of, um, heavy, well thought out and, uh, high, um, uh, high level musicalities 
from the old Mastodon. And um, this is no exception, this record. It's more of what you would expect from this band. Um, and I've and I've said it many, many times, and I'll say it again here. Um, my man that's playing drums, what's his name? Bron Donor or Bron something. I forget the fucking guy's name. Fuck, I can't remember shit. Anyway, um, my man can play. He's a fucking exceptional drummer. I just wish he'd calm down a little bit. Um, he is singing more. So his drum parts aren't as complicated when he's singing because, I mean, how much of a fucking freak can you be? You know what I mean? <laughs> You're already a pretty freaky drummer as it is. You don't need to be a bigger freak in singing really good and playing gnarly, complicated, very busy drum parts. Uh, but I think if he just calmed down, some of the shit would just sit heavier and just have more groove to it instead of his uh, constant pitter-patter, pitter-patter. But uh, let me play a little bit. This is the first song on the record. It's called Pain with an Anchor. that is Mastodon uh, I believe the drummer singing that first part of that tune I believe um, but yeah man I mean they're fucking amazing they're an amazing band but this I listened to this record about three times in a row and it just all blended together for me it's all this it, it sits at the same note a lot it, there's no there's no big dynamic shifts in anything they do it just kind of, it's just kind of you know wizardry fucking playing the whole fucking time. You know what I mean? It just doesn't really have... Uh... I like stuff that's got a little bit more ebb and flow. You know what I mean? And uh, again, an amazing record. It's fucking... You know, I mean, an amazing record in in, in the, um, the highbrow playing of the band. But as far as like 
you know, blowing your hair back kind of fucking, you know, amazing songwriting, you know, that, 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 that's, uh, hitting you in the gut, uh, emotionally and or physically, it kind of doesn't do it for me in that sense. But, um, but Hey, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Uh, all right. Number seven on the list. Um, and I just, I just got wind of this, uh, that they had a new record. Um, I checked out some stuff of theirs before. There's this band called, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, Yatja. Y-A-U-T-J-A. Yatja. And I don't know what the fuck that means. And um, I remember getting uh, getting into their stuff. One record, um, it was I think it's called Songs of Descent. And um, from like 2014. And it's... Um, Again, we talk about you know that brackish water of of, of heavy music, uh, uh, and I really believe they need to kind of come up with a new genre of music because there's so much of this out there, of these bands that have a they you know, like I was saying last week, like what Hazards is trying to do in the um, this weird brackish water of punk and post hardcore and um, and post rock. You know, and, and it's not super heavy. You know what I mean? It, it flirts with metal a little bit, but not fully. Well, that stays sort of kind of in a rock sort of thing. But there's that same kind of brackish waterness that is a heavier version of that. So, you know, whereas like Refused or Planes Mistaken for Stars, you know, those kinds of bands. And then you got bands like, you know, um, I don't know, like nails or um uh fuck who else who else am I thinking of? Um I was just thinking of this earlier too, and I had a whole list of fucking bands and none of them are coming to mind now. Well these guys are one of them. Uh uh you got nails, you got uh, trap them, you got um uh fuck. You know, th- these bands that are, you know, I guess you could call them metallic hardcore, maybe. Um, Converge, kind of, but not really. They kind of, they kind of sit above this because they're so genre defying. Um, they're so, you know, they do so much of a bunch of different genres. They kind of don't really fit into this necessarily, but they're definitely in the in in there. You know what I mean? Um, but this is a lot of these just big brooding, you know avalanche of fucking mu- of, of of heaviness uh taking from you know definitely from hardcore but fr- more from metal um and then flirting with doom and shit too anyway this band right here i heard this a couple of days ago actually this record it's really fucking rad uh let's i don't even know what song to play because none of them have stuck out uh for me to commit to mind but i think i was listening to this earlier uh, let's go with this song called The Weight. And it's not weight like, hey, wait a minute. It's like The Weight, like things are so fucking heavy, yo. Let's check this out.
pretty fucking brutal, man. And it pretty much is like that the whole record. It does not let up. Like, I like stuff to have, you know... I definitely like when stuff has some ebb and flow and there's some dynamics. But if it's fucking brutal, like, just bludgeoning, like, if you can keep that up the whole time, like these guys do, oh, yeah, you got something special there. You know what I mean? If you're a fucking tech wizard fucking band, calm the fuck down. Give us some breathing room. Let us breathe a little bit. Let us let us fucking put the calculator away for a little bit, okay? But if you're just fucking unadulterated, just nasty, fucking distorted, yeah, give that. Give that to me a lot and, and, and all of that without letting up. Because that's fucking, that's badass. All right, that's number seven. Number six, uh, been a huge fan of this band for a long time. Um, and I didn't even know they had something out. Um, I was listening to Bill Burr's podcast, and Bill Burr was talking about, because Bill Burr's a drummer. And he was talking about uh, playing this odd time thing that his drum teacher had uh, hipped him to. And he's like, I never heard this band, uh, this band Quicksand. And it was this song called um, uh, EMDR. You know, I'm like, EMDR? What the fuck is that? I don't know that song. Uh, apparently, there was a new Quicksand record that came out this year. So um <laughs> stoked on that. I uh, love this band. Um the kind of uh, quintessential post-hardcore band. Um, I mean, when you start talking post-hardcore, I think Quicksand is the fir- one of the first bands that gets brought to mind. And these are guys, you know, so the idea of post-hardcore is that you were, you were probably in a hardcore band at one time and you have evolved musically from that, but you're still keeping a strong hold into what you guys did there as far as your attitude about stuff, but maybe, maybe it's softened up a little bit and you've kind of, uh, you've learned some different chords and some different chord voicings. And maybe you're not necessarily screaming over the shit anymore and talking about fucking pride and unity and, and respect. Um, maybe you're, you're branching out and getting a little bit more into your feelings a little bit more. That's my best assessment on what the term post hardcore sort of can go over, you know, it's just sort of graduating from the strictness that is hardcore and getting into different shit. And it's kind of went a couple of different ways. It's went an emo-y way, and then it's went a more like sort of technical way. Uh, and these guys went, I think, the more emo-y way. Uh, anyway, uh, this album's called Distant Populations. Great record all the way through. Um, never Didn't really hear a shit, na- a, a shit song on this record. Um I'm going to just play the first song on the record. This song's called Inversion. Let's check this out.
they've always got a always got a good feel. You know what I mean? Like they'll get aggressive and get quick, you know, quicker tempos or whatever, but it's never you know, it's never bashing, it's never fucking unadulterated, brutal. It's just cool. Just fucking cool. I've always dug that band, Quicksand. Check those guys out. Um number where are we at? Number five. Oh, number five. Now, I was sort of anticipating this record, and I was hoping that it was going to be as good as the first single. Because the first single came out and was all over the radio and fucking uh, stayed on the charts up high for a long time. And um, which is, it's to even have something like this, be it that it was so popular and like landed on the pop charts and have it even make my list of, 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 Top shit for the year. That should tell you something. How cool these guys fucking nailed this shit. Um, sometimes I don't really dig like the novelty. Go back and sort of tap into an old style and and uh, you know, not even really put a modern twist on it. Except maybe lyrically, there's some you know modern takes on things. But uh, you know, sonically, it is what the shit was back in the day. Uh, the Silk Sonic record. This is uh, uh, Anderson Pack and uh, Bruno Mars, uh, their uh, collaborative effort, and uh, it's just fucking shag carpet, giant collar, bell bottom, fucking polyester, fucking lava lamp. You know, hairy chest and fucking big glasses, just. 70s just you know soul is what it is it's just and they just nailed it the the, the tones the uh the instrumentation the, the orchestration it's fucking great this is a fucking great record uh an evening with silk sonic if you're into the suck you know some good like legit soul shit these fucking guys nailed it i almost hate to say it because you know bruno mars is kind of a you know, a chameleon of, you know, he doesn't really have a style. He seems to tap into whatever style is appropriate for himself at the time, and he kind of runs with it. Uh, but Anderson Pack's a motherfucker. Uh, I, in fact, I gotta, I gotta dig into his. And I think I said that before. I need to definitely do a deep dive on his stuff, uh, his solo stuff, because he's a, he's a fucking drummer first, and you know, and plays drums, and I think on all his stuff. So um, anyway, number five spot. Silk Sonic, An Evening with Silk Sonic is the record. Um, let's see, what song should I play? Um, and dude, Bootsy, Bootsy Collins makes an appearance on this record. I don't know how much he played on it, but he's fucking, he'd be, he be talking on it. Uh, let's just, this song's called Put on a Smile. Let's check this out. Oh, look at here, fellas. Take it from your Uncle Bootsy. Ain't no shame bigger than the rain. Tell her how you really feel. Should be a movie star The way I play the part Like everything 
That's fucking spot on music from that era. It really is. I mean, I mean, any you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire to fucking fuck Barry White, um, Pendergrass. You know what I mean? Just fucking Isley Brothers. Like cats were. That's what that was hot shit back in early. You know. Late sixties, early seventies, in the even in the mid seventies, that was, you know, you wanted to make, you wanted to put on some baby making music. That's what you, <laughs> that's what you put on, and you got to fucking anyway. <laughs> um, next on the list, um, <laughs> until recently, was my favorite local band. Uh, now they're number two. Sorry, guys. You guys are my friends, but I got to give props for props to do. But this record's phenomenal, and uh, I know it took them a while to get this record done. Um, I think there was a little bit, of, and I might be out of school by even saying it, but uh, there was a little bit of writer's block on the uh, on the part of my man, uh, Scott, uh, trying to get some lyrics together to get this record done. They recorded it uh, you know, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, and it tracked everything, and the last thing to be to get done was the vocals, and he was having a hell of a time getting the vocals done, just because it just wasn't um, wasn't wasn't inspired to write about too much, you know. I even told him like, dude, there's a lot of shit going on. He's all, yeah, exactly, and it's fucking me up. It's like so much I can't, you know, can't narrow narrow it down, you know. Um, Anyway, we're talking about the fucking crushingly um, heavy, uh, both, I don't know, uh, sonically and, um, I don't know, like, sometimes just the music itself can just convey emotion without even hearing lyrics. And uh, I think Kowloon Walled City does that very well. And uh, this is their new offering called Piecework that came out on Nerot Records, which is Neurosis's label. And um, just uh, the band started off just like in in a noise rock kind of vibe, you know, heavy, abrasive, lots of feedback and noise and just, you know, and not overwhelmingly, but enough there that you're like, oh, fuck, these guys ain't fucking around. They're, they're raw, you know. Uh, but as time has went on, they're, they're, they've kind of ditched some of the noise rock vibe, um, like what, un, like Unsane. What Unsane does, I know Unsane was a big influence on this band, uh, and they've kind of gotten away from that and have really carved out their own niche. And uh, this record, maybe one of their best records they've done, um, as far as just really establishing their own sound and their own way of doing things. Uh, you got to be patient with this band, though. Uh, they definitely are not afraid to let shit just hang and just be there. And um, this first song definitely, um, I think, um, I think this first song is definitely that. Like it just it it, it just sits there and kind of lets you sort of. Uh, you know, all kind of makes you wait for it. Anyway, let me play a little piece of this um, off of the record. Peace work, and it's not peace as in, you know, 
peace, brother. You know, P-E-A-C-E. It's peace as in P-I-E-C, like a piece of something, piecework. Anyway, the song, uh, the title track off of uh, Piecework, the first song on the record, Kowloon Walled City. some tension and i was saying they got away from some of the noise and of course right in the right, <laughs> right it has that that long sort of um uh minimalistic part and then they come back in with a fucking squeak wow and they come crashing in uh which is a signature of what this band has, has done for a long time but they've sort of gotten away from some of that and this there's like hardly any feedback on this record they've been before would just you know Long chord would ring out and just the feedback would come in. Um, uh, the shit's a lot cleaner. It seems like the guitars, uh, the bass gets more distorted and the guitars get less distorted. So uh, that seems to be the trend of my friends in Kowloon Walled City. But fucking great record all the way through. Phenomenal. Good, good stuff. Uh, number three. We're up to number three. Um, if you were to ask me what does metal sound like in 2021, I would point to this band. Uh, I would tell you Gojira is the um, quintessential have metal band. They are fucking as metal as metal could be in the modern era of metal. Um, 
taking little cues from all the different genres and sort of throwing it into a blender and coming up with their own version of it. And uh, I don't know if anybody could argue this fact. Um, And this album ended up on a lot of people's top fucking spots this year. Uh, magazines and um, and people of note, um, the uh, the the Fortitude album from Gojira. Let's just go with this first song on the record called "Born for One Thing." I might have played this song before. I will play it uh, a bit of it again because it's fucking awesome. Go. Oh, hold on, you son of a bitch. Let's see if this will play. The iPad is doing its funky funkiness again. Oh, you dirty bitch. It's just sitting there. Oh, now it's saying not playing. You son of a bitch. Come on. Be be nice. Be nice to me, please, Mr. iPads. Can you play the song from the from the Gojira? Por favor. It's just sitting there with the little thing spinning around, not wanting to fucking grab it. Because I'm out here in the fucking shed in the workshop and um, I'm too far away, too far away from the fucking Wi-Fi for the iPad to grab it. And it's not wanting to fucking play this goddamn song. It's been playing everything, no problem. And now we don't want to play the... Huh. I wonder what that's all about. Hmm. Maybe we skip it and go to another one. Like I said, I've played this song on the podcast before, right? Yeah, it's not wanting to play it. Maybe this shit's just fucking... What's going on here? Got that going on. So my iPad won't... If if it's not hooked up to the Wi-Fi here... It won't work because I got it turned off. Um, Anyway. Number three on my list, Gojira. Uh, (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Number, uh, let's go to number two. Number two I think we'll play because I just played it a little while ago for myself to make sure everything was working right. Um, Number fucking two. I forgot that this even came out this year. Because this year has seemed like such a fucking long-ass year uh, that I forgot that these guys even put out a thing because they ha- they kind of had such a long... They had a really long rollout for, the, uh, for this record. They put out, like, fucking, I don't know, four or five singles for this record. But when it finally came out, I was like, yes, you fucking bastards, you're killing it. Um Talked about them plenty of times on the podcast. The Bronx. Uh, this is number six because they all their albums are called The Bronx. And so they got to just, I think the label just has to put on a fucking number just to fucking make it so that you know what the hell record we're talking about. Uh, just fucking, and a great record all the way through. Just hitting all the fucking marks that you know that The Bronx hit. You know what I mean? You know, a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of punk. A little bit of hardcore that just, you know, just really hit all those marks. And I think this record is a little bit of a throwback to what they, what they use. They kind of, 
started exploring a little bit and getting to some other things, bringing in some more like post-punk kind of vibe and some rock. And uh, I think they're back to uh, the more sort of, I don't know, punk-infused rock and roll um, through the lens of fucking Angus Young's and Malcolm Young's guitars. I don't know. Like, there's a, I don't know, I, I just, there's ACDC-ness to what the Bronx does, and I, I, the, I don't know if that's intentional or what, but it's something I've always heard. Uh, we're going to check out this song, it's called Breaking News, one of the faster songs I think I've ever heard these guys do, uh, but a great song off of Bronx number six, or six, or just the Bronx, because fuck, they don't give a fuck and they do whatever the hell they want. Just fucking aggressive and brutal and kicks you in the dick, you know. And uh, they don't let up too often. They do let up a little bit sometimes, and it's done really good. Uh, But, yeah, man, I've always liked that band, man. Always liked that band. Uh, Number one on my list. And just because of just the sheer kick in the dick that this album provided to me this year. Um, I was, th- I was actually uh, looking forward to this record because I was curious what they were going to do. Uh, it had been a little while since they had put out a record and, you know, haven't followed the band that closely. And, you know, some of the records that they had put out in recent years were kind of, eh, um, but this was highly anticipated, and they did not disappoint. Uh, for me, best record of the year, Exodus, Persona Non Grata, uh, is just a clinic in thrash metal supremacy. Um, I think they really fucking knocked it out of the park with this record. Uh, let's play the title track, Persona Non Grata. I, I, I'll, I'll play a little bit of it. I won't play the whole thing, but... Uh, I haven't heard a opening track of a record uh, this strong in a long time. Uh, a little bit of Exodus, Persona Non Grata. Oh, don't. <laughs>
just fucking brutality. The whole record's like that. The whole fucking record is super intense thrash metal done by what my good friend Mark Asagata says, the very first thrash metal band, Exodus. There's, uh, you know, started in 1979, these guys, and uh, we're just fucking doing it, man. They were doing it. We're into shit before anybody else was into shit. It sucks that they didn't get a record deal and put out their first record until 85 because it made it seem like they were behind everybody else. But God damn it, they were doing it before anybody else. So hats off to you, Exodus, for putting out one of the baddest fucking records uh, of your career, I'd say, and uh, topping my... uh, Top music for 2021. How about that? Um, all right, let's um, let's get the fuck out of here. Let me do the thing. Where is it? Let's do that. Oh shit! It didn't download. Fuck you, iPad. Why are you doing this to me? Just being a fucking bitch. Let's get the fuck out of here, yo. Um. Earworm of the Week this week is due to hearing a cover band do this song, and they were doing it terribly, just not playing it very good, and it got but goddamn it got stuck in my fucking crawl, and uh, it's not a song I am a fan of, but fuck you know shit happens, and sometimes Earworm of the Week is not a song I dig. Thus, your earworm of the week this week is, uh, well, first of all, rate, review, subscribe. Um, give me all my, give me all my shine because you love me. (laughs) Um, when I first heard this song, I knew we were in trouble. Um, as far as the genre of music that I happened to be doing at the time, um, I kind of had a feeling that these guys would blow up pretty big because this was pretty shiny and glossy. Uh, but it is what it is. It became a huge thing. for the, It was the first single for these guys, and um, they fucking blew up and got huge and, and at one point were one of the bigger bands on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, you remember the week this week. One Step Closer by Linkin Park. God damn the internet for showing me shit and getting stuff stuck in my head. Uh, I don't bullshit you guys here on the SBP. I don't bullshit you. But it's an earworm. It's a true earworm. It's a song that's really stuck in my head. And this song got stuck in my head. <sighs> Linkin Park, yo. Chester and the gang. Um, Be good. Keep it dirty, and I'll see you guys next week. i
Park, fuck Stanton Avenue, and fuck that scratching in the bridge of that song. It's just, it's fucking, you can't scratch the same scratch in every break. That makes me think you got it, you got it on a sample. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>